0: Greetings, passengers, and welcome to episode 55 of the Game Train podcast. I'm your host, Carl Smith, and uh, this time, Callan is not going to be with us because he is out gallivanting in Singapore, having a holiday. As you do. Man, that would be nice right now. But anyway, it's not all bad over here. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, I finally jumped in and played some Resident Evil 2, which we'll get into All the games hit for the Xbox, games with gold and PlayStation Plus and all that kind of thing. So we'll be having a little chat. But first, as always, let's jump into the news. All right, news is pretty light. This episode, firstly, we got uh, Resident Evil 2, which we will be talking about later. They just announced that they had a whole bunch of free DLC that they said was going to drop. But it looks like it's coming a lot earlier than we expected, with the first one dropping on February 15th, So just a couple of weeks away. So there's going to be three little story DLCs. The first one's dropping on that date. Kind of reminds me of what um, Spider-Man did. It looks like a group of DLC called The Ghost Survivors, which is a a trio of like what-if stories following three other survivors in the Raccoon City outbreak. One called No Time to Mourn, one called Runaway, and one called Forgotten Soldier. And they're just going to explore survivor stories and kind of like other angles of what, what could have been playing through as these different characters, with, which I think is going to be pretty cool. So first one's dropping on February 15th. Check that out. All right, what else we got here? Darksiders War Mastered, the first one of the series that was remastered with a terrible name, uh, was mistakenly announced for the Switch by THQ Nordic themselves via a YouTube video of it. So it it was just like kind of a normal trailer. And then at the end, it had all the Nintendo Switch stamps and everything underneath where, like, where it's going to be playable and coming soon, etc. They quickly took the video back off, but of course, somebody grabbed it and reshared it on YouTube. So it is up there at the moment for people to see. If you want to check that out, which is very interesting, I think it's going to be perfect for the Switch. Also, we've got two new suits for the PS4 Spider-Man, and they've just dropped for free. You don't have to do anything; you just start it up, and there they are. And they're suits that have been. Um, Really requested by the fans, especially one of them, which is the Fantastic Four one with the paper bag on his head. I I don't know the proper name for it, but it's there. It's free. Thank you, Insomniac. Take notes, other developers. This is how you do it. Okay, what else we got here? Oh, yeah, of course. The Piranha Plant is out now on Smash Brothers Ultimate. So jump on and check that out. It's a little bit tricky to unlock. It's not as easy as you just jump in there and there it is. We've mentioned it earlier in the show, but you got to jump on your email that you've registered with Nintendo. And search for an old email. If you can't find it, just write Piranha Plant in your search. I don't imagine you should have too many emails with that in it. I don't know what you guys talk about. You do you. That's fine. But yeah, if if it's in there, there'll be a little code for you to redeem on the Switch. Do that and you'll have Piranha Plant added onto Smash Brothers as soon as you update it. Which you might need to do manually. Just press the plus button on the actual game. Jump in and say update software. And there you have it. And it's a lot of fun. I had a few goals of playing as Piranha Plant. Had some real vibes of Little Shop of Horrors and being Audrey too. There was something, I don't know, I've always compared it to it, but when you're actually like looking forward at a character and reaching out with your little leaves and stuff, it's, uh, it's really cute and it's really fun. There's a lot of interesting moves that you can learn there. So that was a cool reason to jump back into Smash Brothers for me. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, let's see, we've got uh, one more bit of news. Oh yeah, Metro Exodus. Looks like it's going to be exclusive to the Epic Games Store on PC and not coming to Steam. So along with Division 2, which has also had that same situation, the Epic Games Store is looking pretty good at the moment. So I wonder how Steam's feeling about this. I don't know how long it's going to last. You know, they're obviously riding that, uh, that Fortnite wave while they're still big and important in the gaming world. So, um, you know, that's, that's interesting. We're going to see how that plays out. But for this episode, guys, that's the news. All right, and that brings us to the fullard recommendation section. And this is where, like, you know, there's a whole bunch of subscription games that come out every month. We used to talk about every single one of them and what dates they're going to drop and when, but it was just getting too much, too confusing and just a bit boring. We don't want to be boring. It's there on Google. Jump on and check it out. I just want to talk about the ones I recommend personally, and there's a couple. Firstly, with Xbox Games with Gold, one of the ones coming is Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Which, I mean, I'm not recommending this per se because I haven't played it. I'm just saying this time that this is one I'm super keen to try out because it takes a lot of its cues from Castlevania 3. It's a side scrolling game in, in like a haunted mansion. I don't know, it looks really cool. I've always been sort of tempted to jump in, but that free price mark is really gonna do it for me. Also, though, I wanted to talk about the PS Plus game that I wanted to try, which this time is the complete first season of Hitman. This is amazing. I've been wanting to jump into this series just for the longest time but I haven't known or haven't had a reason to like jump in. I didn't really get into the episodic releases at first because I wasn't a fan of the series, so I wasn't sort of keen to wait for each episode. Then when it came out as a whole game, I didn't know if I wanted to jump in if I understood enough, but now it's free. I can finally check it out. There's been so much talk about How great the gameplay is and how varied the different ways of killing your targets and all that kind of thing. I'm pretty excited to check this out. But yeah. Oh, also, I don't know if we mentioned it. I think we may have last episode, but uh, Nintendo Online has dropped Zelda 2 for the NES. So if you've ever been curious about the underdog of the Zelda games, that weird side-scrolling hybrid of a game, you know, that's on there if you're a Nintendo Online member. So check it out and have a look. I haven't jumped in yet. So I'm I just, just going to get annihilated in that game. I'll have no idea what I'm doing, but it'll be interesting to check out anyway. But yeah, speaking of games that I've been actually checking out, I'm going to jump into the games I've been playing since we last spoke. Uh, obviously, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I tried the Piranha Plant. It was awesome. And while I was there, I finally unlocked every character. Boom, I have them all. Now I have the most intimidating selection screen in fighting game history. That thing is terrifying to look at. And I don't think I've even played with almost half of them. So there's a lot to do and I actually I jumped on just curious cuz I wanted to try someone besides Kirby for once. I jumped on with Shulk and just had a go of the classic mode which I never tried before. And there's like a whole other game there. This This game just completely surprises me every time. Even when we were saying in our review, like, Callan had a a jump at this go, so he, he had a little bit of a chat on it. But I was doing other things, like playing the normal Smash mode or playing the Spirits mode, whether it's just checking out the cars or doing the whole adventure. But I never actually jumped into Classic mode, and I had a go with Shulk, and it was so fun. It's like more of a classic fighting game mode, one fighter after the other, and then you have this random, like, special level where it's like a side-scroller and you're collecting coins and running away from like this giant mass of darkness or something. I just, I didn't see it coming. It was so much fun. And then you fight a boss and there's a different boss for every character. I can't wait to jump into this and try it with all the different characters and get a bit better with each one, which will just take a hundred years. But um, yeah, that was super fun. So if you haven't checked that out, have a go. It's, it's interesting because all the modes in this game are just all over the place in different parts of the menu. So, you know, have a little poke around, check it out, jump in if you haven't. I really recommend it with at least one or two characters. It's really cool. Let's see what else. I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online still. I don't know why. I don't know how I got there. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm loving it. It's so much fun. I'm playing most of it by myself. Sometimes I'm jumping on with one of our friends, Connor, who I found out has um, put quite a lot of hours into it. And he has some really cool stuff in there, which makes my character look a bit like a loser, but such is the way with MMOs. So yeah, I'm I'm just jumping in every now and then and smashing a few missions and then uh, continuing on to other games and other things. Speaking of which, I recently re-downloaded because of the suggestion of uh, Melvick, my brother, Halo 5. And that thing is massive now. So if you've uninstalled it and want to check it out, don't make it a thing where you think you're gonna be doing it that day, because it's like hundred gigs. I think it's ninety-eight gigs. Thing is massive. So anyway, I started downloading it yesterday and I jumped on this morning and wow, that game is so fun. I just I love the Halo games. I love how they feel. There's so many new bits and pieces that they've added and different modes where players have created sort of mini games that you can jump in and check out. All that aside I tried a few of those, which were you know, kind of fun and quirky as they always are. But then I just jumped into classic Slayer mode and had the time of my life for a couple hours. I was playing it earlier this morning, so there was none of my friends on. So hopefully some of them will jump on later tonight and we can actually play some classic Halo. I don't know. I don't know if they'll be jumping on, but, you know, something to do to fill the void before Anthem drops. But, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Halo 5. Who'd have thunk it? Really cool. Still haven't finished the campaign. Please don't hate me. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that's kind of what I've been playing. Besides, of course, this next game, which is our feature review this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Resident Evil 2. Money's in my account. Always a pleasure. Attention, all citizens. Due to the citywide outbreak. And don't make my mistake. If you see one of those things, uniform or not, you do not hesitate. All right, so this is the new Resident Evil 2 remake, developed and published by Capcom. You know, it's, it's a remake from the ground up. It's, it's a, a crazy how they've done this thing. You can, if you don't know it, you control Leon or Claire uh, in, in an attempt to escape from Raccoon City and all that kind of thing. Uh, it's mostly based on a police station and then other locations after that. You play as one of the other character, and then after you finish it with that character, you can then start it with the other which which is um, a little bit tricky if you don't know it just yet, because it's it's not like you're playing a different angle. It's almost the exact same game. It's like mostly the same game, but like a few different things happening in the middle with different characters. And also some of the puzzles have changed only slightly, like keys have been moved and things like that. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. But yeah, so that's, that's the general gist of what's going on. Also, it's uh, no longer still pre-rendered images as your backgrounds. You know, you've got a full moving camera over the shoulder, similar to Resident Evil 4, but they are using the same engine as Resident Evil 7, which is the last one. That Man, all these numbers. So it's like 4, it's using 7, it's part 2. Do what you will with that. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, firstly, the first thing you notice jumping in, which I guess you guys have probably heard already by now, but this thing is visually gorgeous. It looks Unreal, straight away. I mean, that Resident Evil Seven engine—it was really cool. It's a bit old school, uh, In in the way that so many of these surfaces and textures look wet, you know. Which I don't know—they did that a lot in the um, sort of early two thousands to mid two thousands. But um, you know, once they got—I I should say—late two thousands, probably like uh, two thousand ten and onwards. They're really getting to that shiny sort of skin and wet surfaces because it made it look more impressive than it was per se in games. However, in this game in particular, it really works because it's always raining and there's always blood and guts and like your jacket is wet, the floor is wet, there's blood on the walls and it it looks just gross and awesome. So that's the first thing I noticed. Also, it feels, this is really crazy because it feels like playing the original. I didn't ever really finish that game. I jumped in when I was very young, back in... Uh, when did it come out? 1998, I believe. And I, I jumped in sometime around there and, and had a, a long play of it. But I never owned a PlayStation straight up in the early days. So I was playing it at friends' places, and I had a lot of fun with it. But, um, yeah, never got to finish it. But playing this one feels so much like you remember it, which is so strange. Because the camera, you could never move the camera. So much has changed, the way you aim you know everything but they make you feel like that's how you remember it because your brain does crazy things like that with nostalgia and memory i went back and had a look at some footage and was like oh yeah yucky that's gross and that is not the game i'm playing but it's it's like this lovingly recreated thing which you go into the police station it feels like oh that's exactly the police station and then you look at the old footage And the corridors are stupidly wide and, like, poorly designed, terrible architecture. But it was made like that just so it was easy to get around in a pre-rendered background while you're, you know, just controlling, like, this 3D animated little thing in the middle just to make it easier. So things were ridiculous. And now, yeah, it feels like a real police station at the same time as feeling like the original game, which I don't even know how they did it. But that's just such massive kudos to these guys, to Capcom for, like, Figuring it out um, more on what they've figured out to just just nail, I think they got this from seven again, like that game was first person, but which is so different for the actual series, but they really went back to the core of survival and they've done it again now, which granted they're just going with what existed before it, but you know they're making it modern again and it's it's a lot slower, but everything is a lot more intentional you have it's all about you know, the scarceness of resources and making you feel that perfect amount of tension and what's around the corner and do you have enough bullets? In, are you going to avoid this zombie or try and shoot him? He doesn't die when you shoot him in the head, you know, as you think he would. There's, you're always just, you know, kept on your toes as, as to what to do and there's like, there's these things. I can't say too much. I don't want to spoil much. I'm not going to go much further than the actual um, police station. There's, there is a lot more, there's more areas to discover, you know. There's a lot more game after that, but I don't want to spoil it because so much of the things you see, I don't know if you guys remember much, but even from playing the original, still come as a surprise, and you're still like, "Whoa, what is that?" and "Oh, th- what am I doing here?" Holy, you know. So I'll I'll leave a lot of that out, but um, uh, there are there are bits in this where things like just the sound and hearing footsteps in different rooms. That, like, even upstairs and around you, uh, making you know of this like, thing that's coming towards you while you're working on completely other situations and trying to figure out puzzles, you're always listening and you're always scared and you're always like wondering what's in the next room. Things follow you into places they shouldn't, so you never quite feel fully safe. You know, I, I think it was just done brilliantly. Um, and on top of that, you, there's unlockables and concept art and things to collect from doing different sections of the game. There's collectibles to shoot. You know, it's it's still a video gamey video game, which is really fun. Uh, and you don't get the full true ending unless you play both campaigns. It doesn't matter who you start with, whether it's uh, Leon or Claire, but you got to come back and finish it again, um, you know, to unlock everything this game has to offer. And I think even more, I haven't... I haven't gone and finished it the second time yet, so unfortunately I can't say too much, which wouldn't matter anyway because it's not like I was going to spoil it for you. But yeah, just so you know, there's more to the game than just finishing it with one of the characters. It's not just a different skin. So that's really cool. Um, the scares are still a lot of fun. It is, it's Resident Evil 2 for 2019, and they just, they've just really, really nailed it. Um, I was, I've been really impressed the whole time. And also with these free DLCs coming as well. The first one already starting in February 15, like only weeks away. It's really exciting. So that's going to be really cool to be able to play from an angle we've never seen before um, and, and get to experience the world of Resident Evil 2 from a different angle. I'm excited to see that. Um, there are a few things that still, you know, as always, still kind of got on my nerves. It wasn't all perfect. It, I did say it was like nice and slow with the tension but sometimes it can get just a bit of, um, a bit slow for the sake of it when there's when there is no tension when you're trying to just solve puzzles because the puzzles now they're just it is a remake but they're still a bit dated for me it's just like collecting keys a lot of it feels a tad more fetch questy than puzzle solving i didn't feel like i was figuring things out so much as finding like square fits into square circle fits into circle Run upstairs, backtrack for ages, find the circle hole, put the circle thing in—whether it's a crank or a key or a tool—or you know, it was always kind of very similar. And because of that, the backtracking felt a little bit tedious, because I wasn't sort of like figuring things out. Although when I was figuring things out, like reading, um, you know, different memos or pieces of paper you picked up with hints about what how to unlock a different padlock in a key and using like the first letter of a bunch of people's names. When that stuff happened, it felt really cool. And I felt like locked into an adventure and I was all in. So that was really cool. But yeah, the keys thing, uh, you know, and just fitting the different things into different holes was, you know, just a little bit dated for me. Um, And also the script felt a bit, I mean, I know it's old school, which is, which kind of gives them a pass. But it still feels a bit hard to listen to when, when they, you know, you've met someone that you, you've only known for 20 minutes and they're like, no, just go save yourself. Do it for me. And it's like, I don't know you, but um okay. And, you know, I don't know, just little bits like that. It, it wasn't too much. Mostly, this has been an amazing experience that I would recommend to anyone, whether you're a fan of the series or just a fan of survival horror and you want to see it done right, like old school, but brought into this modern era. Um, you know, or just a gamer that's curious about a different genre, I, I really recommend this game. Uh, I give this an 8.5 carriages out of 10. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that was Resident Evil 2. Whatever it takes to save this city. Surprised you made it this far. Wow, okay. Um, whew, that brings us to the Passenger Queries section of the show. We just got the one this episode. It was from our good friend Callum Smith with like almost both our namesakes. Callum, thanks for writing in. He says, So guys, I've been listening to your podcast for a bit now. Thank you, Callum. You're a legend. "Uh, And I've always wanted to know where do you record your podcasts and what's your setup like there? Right, I'm glad you asked. Uh, It's interesting that you say what's your setup like there? because it sounds like, you know, which is what we're hoping, but it sounds like you assume we're both recording in the same spot, which I hope you do. But uh, actually, we both record in separate states. I'm in the Gold Coast, and Callan is all the way down in Melbourne. So our setups are a little bit different. I, I use a, um, a condenser mic. What is this mic? Let me see if I can... I think it's a Rode NT1. Anyway, I use this because it's for the setup of my um, recording studio that I've set up at home, because I do a lot of music recording with the lyrical uh, and and do a whole bunch of sort of YouTube videos or just demos that I record and send to different people and whatnot. So I've already had a setup for years, years and years and years that I've used for myself. So as soon as we started doing the podcast thing, it was a no-brainer. Callan has used a bunch of different mics. I wish he was here to explain it. I might ask him again next episode so he can talk you through it. He's had a few uh, jumps from like different microphones, different setups and plugins and whatnot and through his laptop and through his computer. So it's been a bit more of an adventure for Callan than myself. But yeah, that aside, we both record sort of while talking to each other on the phone. We'll have, we'll have the phone and like an earphone sort of thing and have a chat. And then usually I'll just send my whole section to Callan because he's a legend. And he will take that section and join it onto his recording, and edit it together like that, putting in the little sound effects and you know crazy whatnot that you guys hear throughout the episode. And uh, Bob's your uncle. Then we just upload it, and there you go. So yeah, it's a little bit trickier. We uh, really wish we could be in the same room and record together, but uh, unfortunately, it's just not that easy for us being so far apart. But uh, yeah, thanks for for that question. That's uh, that's mostly how we do it. Um, wow, okay. That takes us already to the end of the episode. Man, this is so different without Callan. Uh, before we do that, we've got to do our, our shout-out, of course, the, uh, the shout-out for the episode. This time we're going to talk about Gaming Australia, which is a Facebook group. Um, and this group is really cool. It's just a new one we've jumped on. And there, there are a lot of beautiful communities out there. But this one is just one that we've really enjoyed being part of already. It's a really cool community. Everyone is like really nice. It's just kind of general chit chat about gaming for Australians, which is really nice because sometimes it can get tricky for us when we're looking at just simple things like release dates and uh, just what's going on where and what's available here, even and who's playing and what people are jumping on what servers. So if you're an Australian, like we are and you're into gaming just jump on here ask questions and share news people are actually really nice and helpful so yeah that's gaming australia the uh, it's a public group jump on and join in and uh, you know come hang out but that takes us to the lame train love train and hype train end of our episodes every time so without further ado let's jump into the lame train <coughs> Okay, my lame train this time is the insanely unnecessarily complex release windows for games such as Anthem. Like, come on, guys. This, is, this one is getting crazy. There's a VIP demo. There was a VIP demo last week. There's another one coming this weekend. And then there's early access, but only sort of. And it's only for the PC. And that's if they're like EA Origin members. But if you are one of those, but you're on PlayStation or Xbox, instead of early access on the 15th, you only get a 10-hour allotted time between the 15th and the 22nd. And then on the 22nd, you can play the rest of the game. Like, hey man, what is... (laughs) I don't know, I just think that's a little bit much. And I understand they're trying to get different people coming in. And I, I don't know, I just think it's... For certain games, sure, but when it's an MMO and, like, the time you spend on it is so important to your leveling up and to where you stand with the rest of your friends, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really into that. I wish there was another way to incentivize getting people to jump on early or get special editions. You know, other outfits and colors and different, I don't know. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other ways, but yeah, I, I don't know. This staggered release window is uh, just not something I'm into. All right, now for the love train. Now my love train as you guys have probably noticed from my um, Elder Scrolls online and my Halo 5 situation my love train is just finding these games sitting on your collection in your collection I should say and uh, you know finding these lulls in release windows and just jumping in there and having a go and seeing you know Either a game you missed or one that you played for ages last time and just falling in love again. It's just the coolest feeling. It's like there's no hype. It's old school. You're jumping back in and you're just remembering the spark that you had and why you loved this game in the first place or why so many have enjoyed and loved this game before you that you never got to check out. So you know, I'm hoping for something similar with Hitman. Uh, you know, I'm, Maybe I'll fall in love with it. Maybe I won't get it. But uh, that's my love train. It's just this like, Old school games just sitting there waiting to be rediscovered, and having this just moment of joy when you do it, and you just hit the nail on the head. I've got a few there that I want to do. There's like Dishonored Two, I never got to finish. I love the first one. Same with Doom from 2016, I got to do before the new one comes out. But um, yeah, that's that's my love train this episode. So now, that takes us to the hype train. All right, now everything I said about the lame train, forget that. My hap train is hardcore anthem whenever it's released. And whenever I can play it, I want to jump into this game so bad. I'm so, so very excited for it. Um, I really hope it's good. If it's not, you know, it won't be heartbreaking. It's not like some giant IP that I've been invested in or anything like that. So it'll just be sad that, uh, you know, a potentially great game didn't deliver but if it's good it's going to be so much fun it looks really cool to play i can't wait to jump in i can't wait to talk to you guys about it anthem is my hype train guys that's the episode thank you so much for hanging out next time callan will be back so i'll have someone to talk to i won't sound like such a lonesome nigel Uh, as always if you want to ask us a question just jump onto the website gametrainpodcast.com there's a big old ask button there uh, or just jump onto our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash game train podcast, or our Instagram, which is at game Trade podcast. Easy peasy. You can jump on our Twitter, uh, that's game train talk, a little bit different. Um, and then, you know, sometimes we host ourselves or friends on Twitch, which is just twitch tv slash game train Twitch. If you ever want to check that out, you know, we'll normally put something up on um, Instagram or Facebook to say, like, oh, we're jumping on in a couple of hours, come and check that out. So if you're ever interested. But yeah, guys, thank you so, so much. Next time we'll have Callan here and we'll be talking a lot more about, um, or a lot at all, about Kingdom Hearts 3, which uh, we're going to be jumping on hardcore as soon as Callan gets back to check out. I need him to talk me through what's going on because that game is just a blender of information, even though I've tried to, I watched the whole of part one. It's a whole thing. I'll get into it next episode. But uh, guys, thank you again so much for listening. You guys have been awesome. You always are. My name is Kyle Smith, and this has been Game Train.